everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Coco and Dolls. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest movies and series that are streaming on Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and soon to be Sundance now. Stay tuned for that. Today we are, oh, I'm not Dolls. And I'm not Coco, just in case you thought I wasn't here. Sorry about that. I always talk too much. We should redo this. No, we shouldn't. Your voice is much more pleasant than mine, especially early in the morning, which it's, it is right now. <laughs> it's not really that early. It's like 930. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just because you've only been up for a half hour doesn't mean all of us have only been up yes. for a half hour. Somebody has to keep the mice at bay at midnight and 1230. <laughs> so today we are reviewing the brand new season of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman on Netflix. This is Friday morning, as we mentioned. It just dropped on Wednesday. Brand spanking new, hot off the presses. Daltz, tell us what it's all about. So yes, as you said, Coco, released October 21st for those who are not, you know, having a calendar nearby as they're looking at the, or as they're listening to this podcast. So four episodes this, this time around for David Letterman, uh, my next guest needs no introduction. I did that in a transverse kind of way, inverse kind of way. It happens. Um, his four guests this time, Kim Kardashian West, Robert Downey Jr., Dave Chappelle, and Lizzo. So Dave is doing the same sort of thing that he did previously. He's uh, talking to these people for less than an hour and they're doing like little segments off uh, set, off camera, off stage kind of thing. And um, what happened was they did the first two episodes. So they did the uh, uh, Kim Kardashian and the Robert Downey Jr. episodes before the pandemic shut everything down. And then the last two with Chappelle and Lizzo came after uh, we went into lockdown. So the two very different looks. Also, like I said, there was four episodes. Usually there's six. So this was uh, truncated a little bit by the pandemic. Um before I get into my thoughts, Coco, so this one listener is sort of the parallel to me watching superhero movies is like, usually it's like, all right, I'll just do it. So this is Coco actually saying, all right, I'll just do it. Because the last season, uh, season two, Coco didn't even make it all the way through. Right. I watched all of the first season. I only watched like three or four episodes of the second season and then I tapped out. I made it through all four episodes of this season, yes. and I gotta say, I liked it. What? I did. I liked it. It. Who uh, are you, man? I know. I um. I think the reason why I didn't enjoy the first two seasons, and I freaking love Letterman. Like in the '80s and '90s, I was a huge Letterman fan. I would actually VH te- VHS tape his 12:30 show. What is that again? I know, right? The kids don't know the struggle of the VHS tape. It's like a DVR, (laughs) only with mega tape. I would watch like his late night show when he was still on NBC to watch it the next day when I got home from school. I was a huge Letterman fan. Uh, He retired from network television about five years ago. And a couple years ago, he started doing his Netflix show. And the first two seasons, I did not really enjoy it because it seemed to me like for 35 years, he'd done the same thing. Right? Like you have like, you know, smarmy, vapid celebrity (laughs) sitting on the couch next to your desk. You make small talk for five or eight minutes. They shill whatever they're shilling. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And the format of this show was it was just one person. There's no monologue. There's no band. There's no stupid human tricks. It's just Dave and one person and they're doing a deep dive. And it seemed like 
he couldn't get out of that box right. that he'd been in for so long. Um, but now in season three, he's got 12 previous episodes under his belt. It seems like he's kind of starting to hit his groove mm-hmm. a little bit with not just doing the vapid celebrity small talk interviews. Um, so it seems like he's gotten a little bit better than that. Like maybe after the first couple seasons, they went back to the drawing board and they said, okay, or we've they done, listen to our podcasts. Yeah, like we've done 12 episodes. What do we like? What don't we like? What could be changed? What could we do differently? So it seems like he's kind of coming into his own more as not just a late night host. Mm-hmm. And also Daltz mentioned, and we can definitely talk about the individual episodes as well, but Daltz mentioned that there are pre-taped segments away from the actual interview um, and in the first couple seasons, I thought those were extremely awkward and they yeah. didn't really add anything. Like the episode where Letterman interviews Malala mm-hmm. and then in the pre-taped segments, he goes to Oxford because she was going to one of the colleges at Oxford. Yeah. And he's not even with Malala. He's just with like he's three with or four like random 18-year-olds who happen to be starting at Oxford that fall. And yeah. he's just like, hey, what do you do for fun? Oh, you want to shoot some pool? Like, hey. where, how's the cafeteria food? You know, Pull like, my finger. Right. It was so awkward. Yeah. And that's why I couldn't even finish the second season. So in this season... It's just Dave and the person he's interviewing doing like real life things. Like with Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle lives in like this tiny little town in Ohio. So they're just walking around like this downtown Ohio town. And then they go to the town is called Yellow Springs. So they actually go to the springs Mm -hmm. that give the town its name. And with Lizzo, he and Lizzo are in her like at home kind of like recording studio. So I thought the taped segments were way better and Mm -hmm. more interesting. And I learned more about... Dave and the person in this season than I did the seasons before. So let's let's talk about the tape segments for this particular season. So we had yes. the tape segments, like I said, Kardashian West and Robert Downey Jr. were both pre-pandemic. I thought they were the weakest two of the pre-tape Def- segments. Definitely. So Those we went were the to, weakest two episodes overall, I thought. We went to CVS with Kim Kardashian West <laughs> to get her supplies for her legal career. It was just <laughs> right. completely random. Right. And it, it was it had moments like... Letterman getting on the uh, this the store uh, intercom system and saying everybody gets free free Cheetos or free something. Cheetos or something like free Cheeto day at CVS and then the, you you scan over to the the shot of the cashier and the cashier is looking really uncomfortable. <laughs> right. He's like, "Well, this is not what I signed up for." Free Cheeto day. Um, I sign up for free Cheeto day. Well, every day that but sounds awesome. Every day is free Cheeto day. But and then the Robert Downey Jr. segment, uh, which we could talk about a little bit more at length, but. It was so funny how he is just, he's he's like just the, like that seems like an arranged marriage, him and his wife, because <laughs> Letterman and Downey Jr. are touring this little animal farm that Downey Jr. has on his property for some reason. And Letterman's asking him all these questions about the animals and Downey Jr. has no idea. Right. He's got like, he's barely been to these, right. like the, the farm guys were probably like, who's that? Right, Dollar. He's like, oh, that's my boss. <laughs> And you know his his biggest contribution was bringing lemonade or uh, bringing uh, Arnie Palmer's yeah. out to the staff, and uh, that 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 was just a completely awkward segment. But I, I like what you said. Uh, I agree with it with the Chappelle thing, walking down Yellow Springs, the the, the downtown there, and and just talking. That was a really that was a natural extension of the interview itself, right. which I got mm-hmm. more out of it. What it felt less shticky right, totally. than some of the other stuff that mm-hmm. he's been doing over the over the course of the last two seasons. And then with Lizzo, they were trapped in the they had to stay in the house because of the pandemic. They couldn't really do much of anything with all the testing that had to be done with the crew and everything like that. So they just stuck in there and then 
Letterman made you know the world's worst rap song, <laughs> which David Letterman making a rap song is a is a punchline in itself. Right. That was he's like I'm old, I'm ugly, I'm sweaty, I'm fat, and she was just like I'm totally going to use that in a yeah. song. Like, and then she put put it through the uh, the spin machine that she's right. got, and the next thing you know, it was like a really cool vibe that she had going on. Right. So I um. Uh, the Kim Kardashian episode was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe that he gave her any kind of legitimacy at all <laughs> as any kind of actual celebrity. Like, it it had to be in her contract with the show that he was not going to ask her any hard questions whatsoever right. and just kiss her ass the whole time. Because there were at least a couple of things that she said that... I know from my time celebrity gossip blogging were completely untrue. <laughs> like she just lied her ass off a few times and he didn't call her on it or anything. Like and I doubt it's he did, but they edited that out because otherwise it would have had like part of the show would have had a different vibe after he was like, Well, what about when Chloe lied about this thing? And right, you know, right. and then she would have just shut down. So I could have done without the Kim K episode. I actually did enjoy the CBS segments. Oh, I mean, you did. Just because n- not it was different. It was a little funny. I mean, how many times are you going to see like Kim Kardashian and David Letterman go to CBS and shop right. for pens, you right. know, but it if was funny. been at Ocean State job lot. Right. That would have been, been even better. Even better. But she, uh, it was kind of funny because they were talking about how different things were back when she first got famous and she like, quote unquote, had to go on Letterman and Leno to promote the mm-hmm. show. But now she doesn't because of social media and she's trying to teach him how to do Instagram live. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to take this picture and airdrop it to you. Do you know what airdrop means? So mm-hmm. I thought that was like charming. I, if, if I'm going to like something with Kim K in it, like that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. The RDJ alpaca segments like yeah i thought those were cute and funny just because it's funny to see letterman feeding goats you know like and shoveling goat poo and shoveling goat poo um the rdj episode i didn't like i wonder about what he might have been up to like backstage before he (laughs) came on because he was very fidgety and he did lots of crazy faces at the audience and it seemed more like a traditional late night talk show interview because Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of deep diving there and he was playing to the audience a lot and talking to them a lot and uh, yeah he didn't offer up a lot about himself yeah definitely not so that was the one this this season i really wanted to see was the Chappelle one and Mm -hmm. then the other three i was just like yeah whatever and you know so yeah so rdj and kim k were the worst the lizzo one i really liked yeah like she came off really well on that um i didn't know a ton about lizzo Mm -hmm. like i knew some about her obviously i didn't know a lot about her Mm -hmm. like i i thought she came across really really well i enjoyed hearing her stories like she really opened up about her background and so that was really i enjoyed that a lot i i Agree. I think my favorite episode of the four was the Chappelle episode. I mm-hmm. I read enough about Dave Chappelle, and we've all heard about him, you know, bailing out on his TV contract and the big show and everything like that. And he offered some new insight into that. And he's a he's a very eloquent and intelligent and thoughtful guy. And Letterman, to his credit, pushed him a little bit on the Black Lives Matter stuff, and you know, not just uh, not grilling him necessarily, but just kind of getting more answers out of him because Chappelle didn't really want to. I don't think he really wanted to go deep into that. He was more about, you know, this is my career and this is my town. But he actually went into it a little bit. Well, that part actually, to me, I I can't really put my finger on it. But I didn't love it just because it seems like, you know, and Letterman's like 73 years old. So this just could be his generation. But it seems like there's a lot of 
white people going to black people and being like, explain racism to me, you know, and it seems like this was like right after George Floyd's murder. So Chappelle did seem like pretty reticent to talk about it. And I don't know if that's just because like Chappelle is sick of answering white people's questions about Mm -hmm. and to his credit, though, Letterman was just like, yeah, I can't believe like some cop just like that's horrifying. Like we watched like this guy just murder somebody in mm-hmm. cold blood. Mm-hmm. So Letterman wasn't like, why is it bad for the police to <laughs> kneel on somebody's neck? You know, like right. Letterman was, you know, rightly horrified as we all should be. But so to me, it kind of seemed like, you know, Dave was trying to get him to answer these questions. And Chappelle was just like, no, black people aren't here to make you feel better as a white person about your horror at what right. is being done to us. And Letterman did go into George Floyd and Black Lives Matter with Lizzo. Mm-hmm. And she, but it, the vibe was different. It was a like, different vibe. Yeah, yeah, it was a much different vibe. Like she seemed more willing to open up about it and talk about her activism and stuff. So that was the only thing in the Chappelle episode that mm-hmm. I was like a little bit like, eh, you know, but maybe also maybe it was taped right after the George Floyd thing. And maybe it was just too raw. And, right. you know, it there hadn't been time to kind of absorb the the, you know, what had happened and get some space from it. The thing with Letterman that I've noticed during this is he's very earnest. He's very, he's yeah. trying very hard to not be uh, a stereotype or not be the the cliche old guy asking questions. Like he's trying to be relevant. So I give him credit for that. I think his biggest challenge in all this, and <clears throat> excuse me, in all three of these uh, seasons, is that um, he's. He asks questions, but then he loads questions on top of his questions. So the next thing you know is he's asked four questions in a row, and the the guest is usually so enamored with him and has so much reverence that they just sit there and kind of wait for him to finish. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that they want to say something. <laughs> and it's like the journalist in me is like, Dave, just shut up. Like, like <laughs> ask that first question and then back off because it looks like they want to say something. And so, you know, he was asked a first question, then he's asked a second question, he's asked a third question. And as they teach you in journalism school, you're only going to ask, and the subject is only going to answer that last question. Right. So Dave's piling all these questions on, trying to look informed and, and be informed and give a little bit of perspective and background to who's watching, uh, to, to the audience. Um, but that's the biggest challenge I face is like, just... I think there's so much more there. He could have gotten out of a lot of these uh, guests Mm -hmm. as if he just asked one question and backs out or, or phrases his questions in a different way. Like he he comes off as like, I know this is his style, but like he's, you know, off the cuff and, Oh, I just thought about this question. I'm going to ask you about racism. And, and it, and ends up being a, a snowball effect where the question doesn't really come through as pointed as it should. When he was clearly prepared because he talked about watching like, 19 of Chappelle's movies or whatever and so he was clearly he'd clearly done research he wasn't just like oh hey Lizzo who's this chick what (laughs) she had she has this song called juice but she wears leotards on stage and she's in a bigger body like what's going on yeah yeah so he was clearly prepared for the interviews and the other thing that uh, impeded my enjoyment of this so now I'm looking at this through your eyes (laughs) because I'm like why does she not like this so much as much as I do because I really enjoyed this entire series I think it's it's a really good way to for Letterman to do something different and yet play to his strengths so I'm I'm looking at it the same way trying to look at it the same way as you and the I think what has happened is he's he's done a complete 180 is that early in his career he was such a grouchy host you know he was he was 
he was castigating Madonna and Cher when they mm-hmm. were on the show and he was making fun of them to their faces and everybody was terrified about going on Letterman because you didn't know which Letterman you were going to get. Right. Is he going to completely savage you in front of all these people? And as Letterman admitted during the show when he was talking to Robert Downey Jr., uh, Letterman admitted that he was an alcoholic. So I bet you that had a lot to do with mm-hmm. his attitude during some of those really contentious days of Letterman being on Letterman. Um, but I think what he's done now is he's done a 180 and he's kissing ass so much in a lot of these, like with Kardashian West and and all these guests that he has on there. He's just letting them fly and he's, and he's uh, you know, the thing is, at the end, he always concludes with, well, I just think you're a wonderful human being, and I think whatever you're doing is so <laughs> beneficial to mankind. It's like, really? Robert Downey Jr. making Iron <laughs> Man Iron movies? Man, right. <laughs> and not knowing what his alpacas are? Like, it just didn't... It's 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 so uncharacteristic. It's like, mm-hmm. it, Dave, I know everybody softens as they get older. Dave Letterman is a good example of this. Um, but I just... I, I, in some ways, I'm disappointed. I don't want necessarily go for him to t- attack people because he's not going to get anybody on his show if he does right. that. And it's kind of pointless. And we have enough of that in society as it is. But it's just kind of odd to see him be, you know, like, oh, you're just a wonderful human being and I can't get enough of you. And it's like, Dave, do you even know who this is? <laughs> right. So that, that was the other impediment for me. But, you know, overall, I thought it was, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm looking forward to season four. I will say I, I did enjoy like he and Chappelle just kind of had like a mutual love fest because yeah. it's two comedians. Right. You know, and Chappelle's like just barely older than me. Like Chappelle's like 46, 47, you know, so Letterman is the generation, like, you know, Letterman's who he watched, yep. you know, so, and then Letterman obviously knows Dave Chappelle because Chappelle was huge and Chappelle was on his show a few times. And so right. it was, it was, it in was nice. Community to, too. Yeah. It, in that community. So it was nice to see like two comedians, like having respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And like, I could have listened to them talk like all freaking night. Like, it, that had a lot to do with, or it was very similar to the driving in cars with comedians or whatever the, the Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld yeah. uh, thing is, which I've watched a couple of episodes, but I'm just not, that's all about Jerry Seinfeld. So I stopped watching it because it's less about whoever's riding in the car with him. And I got a bit of a, a, a bit annoyed by it, but it, but that, episode of Letterman had that kind of vibe to it, where it's just two comedians, you know, riffing off each other. So Seinfeld is not sponge worthy is what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. But I, I just, I, I think that his strengths are when he's more comfortable with the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he's interviewing Malala and he's trying to be grandpa funny. It's and just she not, has no clue who this right. guy is. She has no idea. She's yeah. never seen his show. Right. Like she's what? At the time of this show, she was probably like 18 yeah. or something like that. Uh-huh. Like there's no way she's seen Letterman. And she has no idea who this guy is. And he just comes off as a buffoon. Like she's trying to, you know, she's fighting the good fight for women's rights and everything like that. And he's like just, you know, joy buzzer, buzzing her. And yeah, like he's that. not... He's not Mehdi Hassan, right? He's not like <laughs> Jonathan Swan grilling Trump on Axios. Like, right. you know, there's like a happy medium between late night, vapid talk show host and Jonathan Swan on Axios right. grilling Trump. And, right. you know. It's all about the guests on this show. Like right. the first show, the first episode had Clooney and they had uh, uh, Barack Obama was the first, the very first episode. Yeah. Like you have to have like, somebody who can give and take with Letterman. Right. Like, like even Tina Fey. And Tina Fey, exactly. And yeah. it, Downey Jr. was not, he wasn't on his game, or maybe that's just the way he is, but he yeah. wasn't really a participant. But Dave Chappelle was. Yeah. And so when you have somebody, and Lizzo was of, uh, yeah. her personality was of such that she was able to like give back. And, and yeah. you know, you need mm-hmm. a little bit of friendly banter back and forth. Um, there's a lot of heavy editing in this, and I would be interested to see where the cutting room floor stuff is. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, 
uh, like I said, it's it's all about the guests. And, you know, you have Barack Obama on there. I don't think you would want to have years later Donald Trump on there, you know, or even somebody who, like even Joe Biden. I don't think that you'd want to have those kinds of guys on the show. It's all right. about the guests. And I think that that's, that's probably true for all these kinds of shows. It's right. about how the affability of the guests are mm-hmm. and, and whether they have an actual sense of humor or whether they're just a stone face. Right. And I actually... Uh, the first couple episodes were pre-pandemic and they were in a theater with an audience. I would be interested. I thought the Lizzo episode was great. The Chappelle episode, it was still in front of an audience, but it was a very small audience and they were outdoors and yeah. they were socially distanced. And Lizzo was nothing. Like Lizzo was just the two of them in her living room, like in chairs and with the, the camera crew. and Clapping every now and then. Yeah. And so I would be interested if they just... Especially, I mean, they might not have a choice because we don't know how much longer the pandemic is going right. to go on. But I thought it was great not having an audience. Like, you know, I would keep doing that all the time. Well, and Letterman said in an interview with the New York Times that he was interested in how that went. And he said that maybe that would be the next step, for the, the next logical step. He said it was so casual. It was so informal. It was different not having an audience around. And he seemed to enjoy it, which is odd to me because he's a comedian. And having, uh, you know, comedians... They love that instant feedback that an mm-hmm. audience provides. And not having that audience um, seemed to take a little bit of the pressure off. And maybe he's just, maybe he's still feeling his way through all this. Yeah. I mean, and we're only in season three. Yeah. And he's he's more comfortable just, just doing it with him and, and the crew and, and the guest. Because the audiences that he's had at these shows have been raucous and, and you know, huge. And... In the RDJ episode, like RDJ was playing to the audience. He was constantly talking to the audience. I mentioned that and he was like mugging at them and stuff. And it it didn't seem like a conversation between two people. It was like Letterman asking questions and then RDJ turning and answering the audience. So that might be a consideration also is you'll get more one-on-one interaction when you take that. Yeah. That element out of it. Well, and that might be part of the reason that Downey Jr. was not comfortable, clearly not comfortable, was because of the audience. Because he's not hes not a theater guy, right? He's a movie guy. He was raised literally in a in a movie family, right? In a movie-making family. So he's not comfortable probably in front of that. And he's got a lot of anxiety issues and things like that. So that might have been part of it is he just was, he wasn't used to the audience. It's like, I'm going to ham it up for the audience. And I think you're right. I think you pull that audience out of there and you have... The, the the trick is or the uh, the you have to be careful that you don't turn it into like another 60 minutes kind of thing where it's right. just two people sitting down very dry very dry i mean they didn't do that with the lizzo thing they went around her house and they did some b-roll of her statues on her bookcase and stuff like that and they actually did the you know if you have somebody who has a home studio or something equivalent then or has a big garden you can go for a walk in mm-hmm. then maybe that's what what we do <laughs> so maybe letterman interviews me and we go for a walk around downtown jeff city and <laughs> like there's there's the capital <laughs> you're gonna say like around our backyard it's like oh yeah that's there's true. the white bench and there's the <laughs> vegetable garden that the <laughs> turkeys eat the turkeys are all you can eat buffet <laughs> the wild turkeys yeah. and the deer right know. and the antelope play so what uh what would you give this uh season well, I'd say relative to the other two, uh, I would say maybe one and a half microphones up. But I didn't. I I like the the Clooney Obama Jay Z season because just because of the power uh, brokers. But I think that this common thread through all of these seasons for me has been Letterman like just get out of your own way. Let mm. them let them talk a little bit more because. I want to hear, like, I, I, I'm a big fan of Dave Letterman, Letterman, but I'm there for the guests. I want to, I want to hear what, 
Dave Chappelle has to say about, uh, you know, modern society rather than <laughs> Dave Letterman trying to show us how enlightened he is. But I, I'm such a big fan of Letterman's that I, I give it about a, a mic and a half. How about you? Yeah, I'd give it, I'd give it a solid B. Um, Kim K really brings, <laughs> I, I was thinking about a B plus, but I'm like, no, there was no reason to have Kim K on that, in that season. So. I'm astounded we actually got through the whole season then if you, that was the first one we watched. Yeah. And that was the crappy thing is they started off with that episode. I'm like, oh, you're freaking kidding me. I gotta, <laughs> like, we didn't have to watch it in order, but we did. We did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it more than the last two seasons. He seems like he's more comfortable with what he's doing now. The taped segments were a lot more enlightening and interesting than they had been so yeah i would watch uh, season four Dalt basically had to pull me kicking and screaming onto the couch to watch this season i was not looking forward to it whatsoever but yeah i'd watch season four now there was a lot of uh shaming going on listener and trying to get her into this like well i watch your avengers movies we watched all but the last half hour of the original karate kid two weeks ago (laughs) Because I know you're going to make me watch Cobra Kai. So you can watch four episodes of Letterman. Right. Please just sit on the couch beside me. You can be on your phone if you want to. <laughs> and I, I wasn't. Even during the Kim K episode, yeah. I, I left it down. So. Well, that had to be a fact of the fact, you know, that had to be an arrangement that you get in order to get Kanye, you got to get Kim Kardashian too. So Letterman said on the New York Times interview, he says, I, when I was there talking to Kanye, I met, I was talking to Kim and I thought she was a really interesting person. I thought we should have her on the show. I was like, well, you know that if you say to Kanye, Hey, we'll get Kim on in the next season. Then that Kanye interview is happening a lot more. It's a lot more of a solid thing. I just, I'm praying to God that that's the last time we have like a vapid fame whore <laughs> on Letterman. And it's not like next season, there's a real housewife. Oh, and no. yeah, like hopefully he keeps getting people of the caliber of Dave Chappelle, right. of George Clooney, like even RDJ, like, okay, it doesn't have to be RDJ, obviously. But you know, even just somebody who's like a comic book person who yeah. maybe has something on the ball, you know? I, uh, like Mark Ruffalo, like bring on the Hulk. Oh, bring Mark on Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo. Would I would love that. Who else should we see on on Letterman? I mean, that's a uh-huh. that's a great suggestion. Mark Ruffalo would be fantastic. He doesn't have the, I don't think he has the star wattage that some of the other ones do, but I don't think that necessarily hurts. He and Letterman would get into it on the on the political stuff because Letterman oh, yeah. was every now and then was dropping in about the current administration and stuff like that, which I mm-hmm. thought was surprising. Um, and this kind of show. And uh, I think Ruffalo would be all over that. He'd be really, he'd be really a political guy. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. She might. She'd be good. I mean, even though she's like 28. So, well, <laughs> you know, Letterman is like her grandpa, but I mean. <laughs> Malala was on there. So. Yeah. Malala was on there. What so. about Brad Pitt? Yeah. Brad Pitt. Like that would be, that would be good. I think some of the appeal that Letterman tries to do too, is he tries to get people who don't do interviews like Jay-Z yeah. uh-huh. and Robert Downey Jr. and Dave Chappelle. Like those guys don't do a lot of interviews in mm. this kind of setting. So it would have to be somebody like a, you know, Angelina Jolie or somebody right, like that, yeah. you know, in that mm-hmm. ilk, somebody who could come on the show and then therefore it's a big deal no matter what they say. But you know, if Brad or Angelina goes on, like there is absolutely going to be like, you cannot ask me about my divorce. Right. Like, right. That is that that is not going to get broached at all, except maybe like, hey, how you doing? How are the kids? Everything going OK? Like, what's your life look not like now? Like there might be some kind of fleeting reference to it, like Dave did with uh, Jay-Z cheating on Beyonce. Yeah, like there was just yeah. like a very fleeting allusion to bad behavior. And then they moved on. Quickly. And then they let them so, yeah, handle it. I, I think yeah. what would be great is so it. I don't know if this is actually true, but my limited uh, exposure to gossip mags 
is Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are thinking about getting back together again? No, that's absolutely not true. Oh, okay. So I, what I was thinking <laughs> was they have like those two on the show together and then they bring out Angelina Jolie as a special guest. Yes. Like and a Jerry Springer kind of thing. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be great? Like knife fight. Right. <laughs> Everybody I think at this point is too old and too removed from it. So like... You broke my heart with another woman. Right. So it might be like, you know, Angelina and Jennifer Aniston like, you know, sit there drinking Cosmos and like Brad just cries. Yeah, and they and they have like catty comments to one another. They're cutting each other up subtly. Can we can we please make this happen? Yes. Is, is Worldwide Pants still his production company? Can we get Worldwide Pants on this? <laughs> Netflix calls. We got these ideas. Like <laughs> right. we're just we're full of great ideas. We're full of something. Well, that's true. And on that note, <laughs> if you want to hear our other ideas that we're full of, which are all great, <laughs> please uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeartRadio. IMDb, Ghana, if you're in India, and Amazon Music. We are freshly on Amazon Music, so please find us there. You can email us at cocoandults at gmail.com to let us know what you want to hear us talk about in the future, what you think of what we've done in the past. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at cocoandults, and you can also find us on the interwebs at cocoandults.com for reviews of things that we do not talk about on the podcast. So that's another episode of the podcast in the books. We love Letterman and apparently so do you listener because you've listened to more Letterman episodes than any other episode we have. This is our third Letterman episode. So I'm right. very interested in seeing what the traffic is for this episode after what the last two have done. This is going to be mega downloads. I know it. <laughs> mega downloads. Mega. Mega. So thanks for joining us listener for another episode of the podcast. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dolph. <laughs>